Welcome to the Gotham Sports Report Podcast on 89.1 FM WNYU. Here are your hosts, Jack Dweck, Joe Kurtz, and Morris Zarif. Hello and welcome to Gotham Sports Report. Just a wild week. We had free agency and basketball start yesterday. We have uh, the trade deadline that just passed this Friday. The draft was this week. There's so much to talk about, guys. But I don't think there's a bigger story than what we've seen with the Yankees. And I'm not even saying it's it's in the stats yet, and it's not in in the games yet. Sure, they've won games, but they beat the Marlins. It's, winning a series against the Marlins doesn't mean anything in the long run. I don't think so. But it's the feeling that we have around the team. The Yankees this week traded. They bought. We said that they were going to trade either way. It was just, are they going to really stand pat? Or are they going to make the big moves? And they made the big moves. They traded for Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs, and they traded for Joey Gallo. And to see the feel around the team change this wildly in an instant, in an instant, it reminds me of Cespedes coming to the Mets. It really does. It's Can you have that guy? Can you trade for those guys that change the way you feel about the team? We, I constantly said every week, the Yankees are now at rock bottom. The only way they could go is up. And finally, we're seeing the Yankees go up. And it's all mental. I really believe it's all mental. Once the fans, once the team starts to believe that they could actually piece together some games. And Rizzo, Rizzo is a locker room guy. He's a guy that could bring leadership into that locker room. Once they start to feel like they could win games, I really think that now they could play to the back of their baseball card. Could they start to play better? Yes. Does it mean that they're going to win a championship with these two guys? I don't know, and I don't think so. But still, they were right to invest in these guys. They were right to 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 go all in on this team because they're spending so much money on it. What do you think, guys? I completely agree. It just feels like the feel around this team has completely shifted over the last weekend. The Yankees were able to add two lefty bats to the lineup to really help balance it all out because before and they were all righty, but – more importantly, like you said, they brought in leadership guys. They brought in someone like Anthony Rizzo, who's a four-time All-Star. He's a world champion. He's a veteran in baseball. He's a big name to have on your team. And to top it off, they, they just swept the Marlins. I know you're saying the Marlins aren't a good team. Okay, but it's a big sweep because the Yankees haven't been able to sweep all weekend. And things are just looking up. They were able to add lefty bats. They were able to add tremendous defense, something they were lacking. Joey Gallo, he's not... He's a swing, he's a hitter, miss type of hitter. He hits homers or strikes out, but he's a tremendous player on defense. Anthony Rizzo, he's more into drawing out at bats, taking walks, whatever, but he brings tremendous defense, and that is huge for the Yankees. They bring locker room presence. That's huge for the Yankees, and just the feel around this team has been much better. It's probably been better than it's felt since opening day when the Yankees expected to run away with the whole division. Now you're feeling something. I don't think it's going to lead to a World Series, but the wild card is certainly in play. So the question is. Wait, let me just quick comment on it. I 
believe the trade was great, but not because of what they got. Yes, they got two bats, a leader, leader in Rizzo, and two lefty bats that they, they, they really didn't give up anything. The only prospect, notable prospect that they gave up was Alexander Vizcaino to the Cubs, which is saying much. They gave up possibly two top 10 prospects, which I don't mind. And yeah, it's definitely a win. They're going in on a, on a lineup now that you look at the lineup, you see four left-handed bats, which is really something you didn't see the, uh, the whole entire season. It's just giving another look to opposing pitchers. And besides the fact that Rizzo is a quality hitter, a four, four-time All-Star, former um, World Series champion. And Joey Gallo has been wrecking this league ever since he got in uh, nine years ago. So it's we're going to get qual- into this. We're, yeah, we're going to get into this a bit more with the Mets. But the Yankees really gave up nothing. Yeah, they had to get mm. up. But that wasn't, that wasn't for one of these players. That was so that they could clear the cap or clear the luxury tax so that they could get these players. The Mets gave up a top five prospect in their organization. The Yankees did not have to do that. Brian Cashman really played the deadline well. And you have to give him credit for that. But I think that the Yankees really only had one option. And we talked about it before the trade deadline. The only option they had was to double down on this roster. And I'm just wondering now, what do they do? Let's say they make the wild card, right? Let's say they scar into the wild card. Let's say they win the wild card. They have Garrett Cole on the mound. They win the wild card. They lose in the division series. How were they going to afford to keep Rizzo, keep Gallo, then a year later sign Judge? Then you're going to have to sign Torres if, if, if they want to. He's not playing up to it now, but if, if he does, how are they going to keep all this with having Stanton on the books at the same time, having Garrett Cole at the same time? And still paying DJ LeMay for the next four years. I wouldn't one thing. They're not paying Rizzo and Gallo right now. So this year they're nothing on the books. Not next saying year, this year. Yeah, potentially next year. Gallo is on the books for next season. And if they do want to sign resign Rizzo, yes, they should. I don't believe they will because I think they have too much confidence in Voight. Meaning they didn't give up Luke Voight back in by the trade trade deadline. I believe they have a lot of confidence in him to come back and be healthy and be the hitter he was in 2020. So that's one aspect of the trade that I think I think is just a rental. They don't think Roy will be back this season at a full capacity, so that's why they did get Rizzo. Fine, but you're they doubled down on this year. So then where are yes. they going to be next year? If Let's say they re-sign one out of the two guys. They re-sign Rizzo, not Gallo, Gallo, not Rizzo. But Gallo, they're going to be the same no, no, exact place Gallo, that they are Gallo, now. Gallo's on the team That's already. the problem Gallo, with the team. Gallo's a Yankee the next fundamental year. flaws. Even so, even bringing back Gallo, he's he's plus defense, but he's still the same type of bat they have in the lineup one through nine. He's home run or miss. So he is he's a Cashman prototype player. Yeah, just from the left 100%. side. Hundred percent. So, like, I don't. Uh, your question about. How do they change next year? Even bringing back Gallo is not going to change much from their philosophy right now. The only way it would be is if they let a couple guys go. Which I don't even know who they could let go. I don't even mean change. I don't even mean changing philosophy. I just mean what are they doing to improve the jo- The Dodgers are building, even after winning the World Series last year, they they built a team with stars that they could have. Trey Turner. It's sustainable, you know. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Trading for guys that are younger 
that you could actually keep and not a rental when you don't have a shot at the World Series. If they're going to blow past the luxury tax. The Yankees are firm on not blowing past that, and there's no comparison. And they just have a much better farm system. They were able to give up two or three top 100 prospects. The Yankees don't have that type of luxury because their, their farm system isn't as deep as the Dodgers is. For some reason, it just seems like the Dodgers pay off like the Raiders because every single year they come off with like five top 50 prospects in their system. They trade them away, and then they just fade. Come back with more. Um, back with more. And then they trade them Now away. on the other yeah. side of on the other side of New York sports uh, and the trade deadline, the Mets shocked people because I didn't see Javi Baez on their, on their radar. I saw more Chris Bryant on their radar from the Cubs. They traded for Javier Baez, but they traded Pete Crow Armstrong, their fifth-rated prospect in their organization, first-round pick last year from Brody Van Wagenen, so it wasn't an Alderson pick. But now... The Mets haven't had a first-round pick for the last two years. We don't have Rocker from this year. We don't have P. Crow Armstrong from last year. We gave away Kalanick in the Edwin Diaz trade. This organization in general, the minor league system, there's only so much that you could draw out of it. And Javier Baez, you're going to have – when the door comes back, you're going to be faced with a decision – are you going to pay Javier Baez to have two shortstops that are, are going to earn $200 million? Was it worth it for the first one? I said it back then. I said it back then. I said it back then. You're going to have a chance at this deadline and in the offseason to get one of the four top, four top shortstops. And it turned out being one of the top five shortstops because Trey Turner was made available, and I didn't think he would be made available. Out of the five top shortstops, which is Seager, Lindor, um, right? Seager, Lindor, Correa, Turner, Trey Turner, and who am I missing? Story. Trevor Story. And Baez. No, Story. Trevor Story. Story. Trevor Story. There were six guys available, and the Mets gave $300 million that they didn't have to give to Lindor. Even if Lindor had 300 this year, even if he had 25 home runs this year, he wasn't hitting 100. It was still the wrong move to make. And it, I think it was all to appease the fans, all because Steve Cohn came in, he wanted to make a splash, and he made a mistake. They made a mistake. They spent the money too early. Let, let me there just, were all news articles right, being written about how they needed to sign up before opening day, about how that was a deadline, and how he wouldn't sign after. It was a huge mistake. Wait, let's, let's just get back to the Baez deal. I, Please. I, I don't understand why they had the need to pick up Baez, quite honestly. I, I think Baez is a good player, but he's worldly overrated. You have to look deep into his numbers. It was a funny conversation I had with my dad when Baez got traded. My dad's a Met fan. He goes to me, my brother Teddy, he's trashing on Baez. He's a Yankee fan. And my dad goes, what's the problem with Baez? The guy's a 292 hitter. He has 20-something bombs. I look it up. He's not a 292 hitter. His OBP is 292. That's crazy below average. He is he is worldly overrated. He's a very good defender, plus defender, but now you're moving into second base, which is significantly less valuable. He's a hit-or-miss type of guy, but, like, strikeouts, he leads the league in it. Yeah, people are talking about Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo, it's the Joey, common trope. Joey Gallo strikes out too much. Joey Gallo walks, swings and misses. He walks, Joey Gallo does not strike out as much as, as Javier Baez. 
And Joey and Gallagher gets on base more. And then Joey Gallagher gets on base 38% of the time, but we won't yeah. discuss that. Javi Baez does not get on base. He hits home runs, and that's it. That's it. He's... And three days of four, you have that situation where he gets suspended for or fined. I'm not for sure. For the Amir Garrett thing. For Amir Garrett, for, for showboating. No, listen, he's a good player, but he's really overrated. And they're going to they give – Not even that also, also – Second base was a stri- Jeff McNeil is our second baseman. Yeah, you didn't need him. So now we're forcing Jeff McNeil, who's who's an okay defender at second base, terrible defender at third base, and he could barely play the outfield. The guy can't run. He hurt his he hurt his hamstring a couple months ago and he cannot run. He still cannot run. So you're forcing him to either play the outfield when the door comes back or play third base. You're making the defensive alignment worse. Jack. You're adding a plus defender, but you're hurting the defensive alignment. The problem with this team last year defensively was that people were not playing in their positions. They had Dom for the first time in the outfield. They had uh, McNeil on, in third base. They had JD playing first sometimes. It wasn't fitting. This year, with all the injuries, yeah, you could say it hurt the team, but defensively, having 52 defensive run saves, being second in the league, that happened because there's backup players playing in their positions playing defensively in their positions. And so if they keep Baez, where after they trade in a, a fifth prospect, I, I mean, I think that they, they plan on keeping him. They plan on signing him. If they were going to give up P. Crow Armstrong, they're going to have to think about this. They're going to have Lindor and Baez in the middle of the infield costing $500 million. $500 million. And he's not even a second base. That's all I'm saying. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out with a strong take here. In the beginning of the baseball season, I went on a huge rant. Everyone knows about Aaron Hicks. I said something along the lines of he has that one throw to home plate where it's the fastest throw ever that people think he's good defensively and whatnot. Javi Baez has the same type of thing. It's moments like the Amir Garrett situation where he hits the walk-off, he taunts, everyone's so hype and, and high on him. He hits a home run the next day, whatever. People think he's a superstar. He's not a superstar. He's a good player. He is not a superstar. Put him at second base. He is not a superstar. He's not even an all-star, in my opinion. He's, he's he was the third player. or fourth best player on that team. He's a good player. He's not a great player. He's a good player. He's a good player. But he's not. But he was the third, fourth overall. Your first year before. Would you put Wilson Contreras ahead of him? In value, yes. Just because he's a catcher. Okay, so he was the fourth best player on that team, and and the Mets paid the most for him, out of out of the Chris Bryant. Um, Chris Anthony Bryant Rizzo, Craig Greenwood. Yeah, the Mets paid the most. And, and, except for he has more value than Rizzo because Rizzo is an older first baseman, so that's not fair comparison. Kimbrel, I don't know. He's a one. No, I'm not talking about Kimbrel. Okay, and then there's who? Contreras and Brian, Brian. Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant. I don't know what what gave up for him. What they give up? They didn't give up a lot for him. They did not give up a lot for him. The Mets felt that they had to make a move and clearly weren't getting the guys that they wanted. In my opinion, it was Jose Barrios, the guy they were going after. And they felt the need that they had to get somebody or else, like you mentioned earlier, Jack, it wouldn't appease the fans. I believe the Baez move still would be good. It's a still, it's a good rental. No, but I don't think it was for the fans. The Mets needed to do something because this is their year. You could talk about the Dodgers and how they have and, and how they've have a super team and, and whatever it is. But the Mets can't worry about that. They have to worry about the division. This is one of the rare years in the past 10 years where the Braves have sat down and they've had injuries with Acuna. They've had injuries with Soroka. 
the Mets are getting lucky in this division. The division is not this bad. And they won't be this bad last, uh, next year. That's for the Washington football team. I'll say it again. Right. The but not the Washington football team because the division isn't the, – the, the, the East is not going to be as good this year, understand, as it was last year or as it was – it's going to be next year. The also, Braves are going to come back. It's like the Cowboys. Dak gets injured and the, and the division goes down. Okuna gets injured and the Braves goes down. And, and, and once he comes back, the Braves will be back on top. They're back to being the best division in baseball. Uh, the best team in the division. So this is the Mets' year to win the division. I still get think past the Brewers if they can and try to take on the Dodgers. You have to make a move. I yeah. think the right move would have been Berrios. I understand he would have cost you down. But but Jack, I don't I don't. Do we really think the Mets had a shot at Berrios looking at what the Blue Jays gave up for him? They gave up two top hundred prospects, the fourteen, the fifteenth overall prospect in baseball. Austin Martin, or whatever it's, I think that's his name. I know, I know. I they Rome, wanted Dom. Was Richardson, the Mets gave they wanted Dom and, and one of Mets uh, and one of the Mets' best prospects in Ronnie Murcio. I understand. So maybe try to get someone else. But they 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 didn't address the need that we said they needed to address. Right, that was the starting pitcher. Not Rich Hill. They got that's but he's a good player. No, not what you needed. I mean, he's what you needed, but he's not. It's not what you want. It's not what you want. It could be what you need, but it's not what you want. Exactly. And to talk about pitching and the pitching depth in the organization, what just happened with Kumar Rocker? Kumar Rocker was the Mets' first round pick this year. He was 10th overall. The Mets, you have to realize it to put this in context of the draft. Kumar Rocker was projected to be about a couple of months ago last year, was projected to be a top three pick the equivalent of a top lottery pick in the NBA draft. That was what he was expected to be. He declines to give medicals before the draft. The MLB has a program, like like sort of a combine, where you could give medicals, where you could get tested, um, and have that given to teams. Rocker declines those tests, which include an MRI. He declines to do that. He slides down in the draft to 10th. The Mets say, wow, he's sliding to 10. Let's take a chance. So the Mets take a chance. But guess what? His, his agent is Scott Boris. And Scott Boris wants top money. So the Mets understand that they have top money and they're going to give above slot value, right? Baseball drafts have slot values for players, not like football where there's a set slot. They could pay players more out of their pool of money that they have. So what did they do later in the drafts that they could afford to pay Rocker? They drafted players who are worth less so that they could pay those players less, save more money to give Rocker. So now the Mets ended up drafting throughout the rest of the draft college players who aren't as valued as high school players, right? Because they're older. They're going to, they're going to reach 30 sooner. They have a much lower ceiling than a uh, much lower ceiling, higher floor kind of guys. So the Mets had to invest that money into Rocker. So now the Mets are left with six, seven million dollars out of their ten million dollar pool to give to Rocker. And now it's gone. Now all of that money is gone that they could have invested like they did Matthew Allen last year. It's all gone. The Mets lost millions of dollars in addition to losing Kumar Rocker. Sure, they're going to get the pick. The, pick number 11 last, uh, next year. But all this does is push off one of the Mets' biggest needs, which is organizational depth in pitching, 
and it also wastes millions of dollars and pushes their their first-round pick, which they're going to get next year, into the 30s. All around the loss. What was the reason they didn't sign Elbow, Elbow issues. So you can't... So if you're not in the like the, this program that you go through the MLB and you'd like submit your, your MRIs, you take your MRIs with MLB, the team is not allowed to get your medicals from before. They can't go around like the program and get medicals. The Mets had no access to medicals okay, from Rocker because he didn't give them. So they so, had to sign him and see and, and sign him pending physical, gave him the physical, and he failed. He had elbow issues. You know what's rough? Not even for the Mets, but I'm going to more Kumar Rocker. He wasn't even offered a contract. Just say says how much the Mets really didn't believe in him at this point. That they didn't couldn't even offer him a contract. That they thought he was too that he was too injured to play. But and now he has to go to an independent league or back to Vanderbilt. But no, I think he's I think he's, he's going he's, I, to yeah he's gonna he's gonna like train for a year. You know he's, he's gonna train for a year. Crazy how able to sign for another team. But that's that's his. I really think it's his fault. I think that's his fault. When, or you could say it's Vanderbilt's fault. They pitched him into the ground. Can't have a pitcher pitching. We had like 40 starts. Not fair to put on someone before they start their career, before they even get to the minors. To have 40 starts, it's, it's a lot to have on your arm. I just, if, the Mets just don't want to deal with it. If he's viewed as the top prospect, one of the top prospects in baseball, and the Mets thought so highly of him to draft him 10th overall, why can't they just invest the money in Steve Cohen, whatever, to pay for his surgery? So sometimes maybe it wasn't they just something like, like a surgery. Maybe it wasn't something that a surgery could fix. Maybe it was just like wear and tear or damage or something wrong with it. They couldn't clean up his arm jacket. Tommy John, possibly, that's been a norm now for Tommy every John is so pitcher. normal that he wouldn't have hit. That's it. my point. This was hidden. You have to realize that they hid this, they wouldn't take MRIs. If you read Scott Boris, Scott Boris put out a statement. I believe it was yesterday. I read it. He put out a statement saying there was no difference from this uh, MRI that the Mets took on him to the one in 2018. Okay, but why did he take one in 2018? Why are we comparing it to 2018 only? Why aren't we comparing it to one in 2019? Why aren't we comparing it to being regularly healthy? Why are we only saying... It's healthy compared to 2018. The way they worded it seemed like they're hiding something. And if they were open with the Mets before the draft process, or if, 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 but then the Mets are the draft. You have to realize that the Mets wanted to sign him. They're losing money. They're wasting millions of dollars by not signing him, and their pick next year is getting pushed to 30. Isn't it? You don't think the Mets would have wanted to sign him? Don't they get the 11th pick next year also? They get, they the, get 11th. the 11th pick, but then their pick next year gets moved to 30. Automatically? Yes. into the Because it gets into the compensation. It gets put into yeah. compensation. So it's not like they they would have rather the 10th pick this year yeah, and obviously. probably 15 obviously. to 20 next year. It's not what you want to see. It's not what you want. All right. Now let's move to more of not what we want because – Free agency kicked off. 
this week and the draft, we had just a big offseason week for basketball. I want to get into a little Nets, and then we'll talk about the Knicks hand off the show. The Nets lost probably one of the biggest defensive pieces that they had because the Nets' biggest problem the whole season was defending big men, right? Defending a guy like Giannis. And they lost Jeff Green. They didn't have him in the playoffs, and it was a huge blow for the Nets. And now he's going to, I believe it was Denver, right? Yes. Yes. Now he's two going years, to Denver 10 million. on a two-year, $10 million contract, which the Nets, frankly, don't have that kind of money to spend. But now the Nets are left with either signing Blake Griffin, who I don't, I really don't think is going to be able to play a whole 82 in I don't, I don't think so. And more veteran minimum players. And now they're also going to lose Dinwiddie, who they didn't have last season. We'll see where he goes. Where do you guys think he's going? Let's bring him to New York, baby. Nah, he's, he's not going to sign with York. the Knicks. He's a better team in New York. <laughs> Let's bring him to the real New York. The real passionate fans in the city deserve somebody like Spencer Dinwiddie. A baller from day one. But I don't think he's going to end up in with the Knicks. I feel that he's going to sign somewhere where he's able to get more money. The Knicks don't have that kind of cap right now, especially if they're trying to pursue DeMar DeRozan. But let's get back to the Nets because if they can get – if they could somehow convince Spencer Dinwiddie to re-sign on a one-year and give him a lot of money guaranteed, obviously. I don't think so. I don't think there's any way. Dinwiddie's too business savvy to he want is, to take a risk. If he wants to win a championship – this is. I don't think you. I really I think, don't think he, that's yeah. what he cares about. I think he cares about money. I don't blame him. I mean, he's a. Young, I don't blame him either. He's just blame him. He tried to look, look. crowdfund his salary. He's no. The guy's coming off of surgery. He wants to get paid because he. Ne- you never know if he's going to come back. To right. Him. Right. And I don't think the Nets. I don't even think the Nets would give him a one-year deal. They wouldn't pay it. I think the Nets are looking at a. a J.J. Reddick type of player. They're looking for someone who's old who wants one last ride to win a championship. That's, That's Blake Griffin. Going got it, That's Jeff. the only thing they could afford. They signed Blake Griffin, what was said like an hour ago. They signed, they signed Blake Griffin. That's that's the kind of guy who they're going to get. I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's going to work. They need a point guard. Another point guard. They do. They, they, they do. Need... And they, they let go of teams. Especially with Kyrie running point, you can't rely on him being there all whatever 82 or something. Harden, really hard in running the point, hard in running the point. Kyrie's not a point guard. Okay, but you, you can't rely on Kyrie struggling up for all 82 or 72 or how many games they're going to do next year. You need someone behind him or Harden. Especially Harden, you can rely on this, this no, season Harden for the first time. I rely on Harden, you can rely on You need someone behind him. They also got rid of Shamit, so that, that's another move. Javon Carter. So now we forgot to mention that's a good point, Joe. That they did get Javon Carter, the backup, one of the backup, many backup point guards in Phoenix, who did have a better season shooting the ball. He was always a very good defender out of West Virginia, a good facilitator. That's also something to see, I guess, that maybe they do think he could be the backup point guard to lead the, that second unit. So that's a good point. Yeah, and they traded for Bruce Brown last year, and he was a huge addition for them as a defender. But if they could get someone to run the paint and he could shoot, 
right? He shot 42% from three last year. So that could be a huge addition for them, especially after Joe Harris's defensive uh, the shooting woes in the playoffs, especially against Milwaukee in that series where we had opportunities with open shots where they could have sealed the series. Uh, but let's move on to the Knicks quickly. The Knicks kind of surprised me. It kind of surprised me because I thought they would stand pat in the draft, but they moved back to collect more picks to draft. It, it's not Knicks-like. That's kind of pulling a Sean Marks who got five picks in the draft, but he kind of shot, they kind of shocked me. What do you think of their draft, Morris? I think it was quite smart, actually. Not in the, in the sense that they did trade back multiple times to get more picks. When it comes to the later picks, especially in the end of round one and even in round two, the more picks that you have, it's the more likely you're bound to hit on somebody. Just the fact that it, at the end of the day, they drafted Quentin Grimes out of uh, University of Houston. He was a stud in Houston. He he transferred from Kansas to be, uh, to begin his career. He's a three and D player, very Tom Thibodeau like, who can shoot the ball and he can. He's one of the best. He was on the best defensive team in the country. So that's good. And then they also got Miles McBride out of West Virginia, who's a very good point guard, very good facilitator, loved him in college in the second round. And then they got this, the Russian from Lithuania, uh, Lucas. I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but they have, they're, make, they're getting pieces that are point guards that are able to facilitate and able to help this team now, which I think is very, very important. Okay, because but if, well, but but if you're trying to help this team now with a point guard and they need one after last season, they need a point guard. They need some. They can't have yeah. Julie Randall run run this offense. Yes. yes, they can't keep running Derrick Rose out like a like a like a dog every single night to run this team. They can't. They did just resign three years, it and, and not hurt three years, forty three million. For, by the way, oh. for those that are listening, Derrick Rose, three years, forty three million. Right. So you're going to rely on him for the next three years? It's not possible. I'm sorry. It's not possible. So that's why they went out and got three guards. Grimes is a forward, but two guards and really a point forward that can help facilitate the offense potentially throughout the season. They also got Evan Fournier, no? And they did sign Evan Fournier for an exorbitant amount of money. Yeah, they overpaid on him. Exorbitant I mean, amount of money. I'll say what it is. NBA free agency. Remember what they gave Tim Hardaway Jr.? He's, that is exactly what it is. It's exactly what, what it is. He's an overpaid player. He's not that good. I'll give Fournier credit. He was a player. He not, not, I wouldn't say was. He is a player that can go get his own bucket. And... So he did lead it. No, no, and he did lead a mediocre Magic team to the playoffs many times throughout his career. So I'll say that. Leading France in the in the yeah, the only thing I'm going for is for being yes. That's it. But he's a forward. He's still if you, not a you sign him for half the deal, that's a good deal. I agree. I agree. Too too much money. Uh, but listen, listen. You could say it's a good signing. It's not a point guard. Okay, not the they, issue. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But they also need the shooters, and he's a decent. They need a shooter. He's a shooter. That's that's, yeah. that's what he is. He's a shooter. So they addressed that issue, sort of. They re-signed Burks also, who was a good player for them, especially down the stretch. And Noel. And Noel. And Noel. Doesn't do it for me. Doesn't do no, it for me. No, but one. So here's where, I, here's I, where I think. 
that the Knicks should double down on this team. Invest in players. Reward the players by investing in talent. I know Amari is a bad $80 million doesn't do it for me. Sorry. I know going to do it for Mars. I know it. Steam Lillard. Say it. Here's no, no. Lillard wasn't even the guy I was mentioning. The guy who I really wanted them to draft, who would have been a point guard that could help now, Sharif Cooper out of Alabama. He's a oh, guy man. who's. Yeah, I, I was begging and begging and begging for them to draft Sharif, and he's gonna have a wonderful career in Atlanta because that's what's just gonna end up happening. He's but from he's Auburn. A, what? He's from Auburn now. Alabama. If I'm not mistaken, oh, maybe I'm uh, maybe that's all the same. I think it's all the same, but it's okay. One second, you're gonna go check. Is this really that big of an issue that we're gonna yes. go? We're gonna pause. Yes, yes, you're, you're everybody. correct. We're gonna you're wait. Correct. Everybody, no, you're correct. Let's take a he quick. Was, he was an Auburn Tiger. He was an Auburn Tiger, but um, yeah, he was a point guard that was. He was a point guard that was really incredible, that helped facilitate the offense. And that's somebody who I was begging for the Knicks to take. Yes, no, McBride no, is no, a scorer. No. Ever since Morris forgot that the Giants won the Super Bowl in 2011, the guy's been off, no? He's been really off. He's been... With his... Here we go. Here we go. You can't. That was, that was one of the biggest. That's what... That was one of the biggest. That was one of the most embarrassing moments of the show. It really was. I would, I'll say that. Yeah, yeah, it was. I don't. But this isn't so bad, honestly. It's not Cooper, that bad. No, that bad. Like I'm, I'm saying the after effect. It's 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 what happens. It was caused by that. The Giants' situation happened. It's a ripple effect. It's got it. it ha- exactly. It's a rip. It's a snowball. Domino, Our mental basketball. facilities, they're they're deteriorating, and it's sad to see. We're seeing it live. It's a domino effect, right? It's like a slinky or something. You know, you push it down the stairs and it just keeps going. That's what it is. No, but back Man. to my point. If you want to mention uh, Damian Lillard, also Stephen A. did come out to the, come out yesterday, and he said that if Damian Lillard would request a trade, it would be to the Knicks, but. The Knicks don't have assets to give up. Every every time I see that, it's I, it brings me back to like 2010 when it was like With LeBron. What? No, no, no. If the White Howard requests a trade, it's going to be to the Brooklyn Nets or the New Jersey Nets. And then they uh, obviously didn't get it. Like I don't know. It's just a headline until it actually happens to me. It's just Stephen A. trying to get attention. Guys, still running on that cloud from from the decision. Um. All right, that, that's that's all the time we have. No, so, no, no. No fun fact with Jack? No fun facts with Jack. It was too packed this week. It's usually the summer. We get time to talk about fun facts with you Jack. Do you have a fun fact prepared? It doesn't make a difference. So No, definitely no. not. Definitely not. I, I could do a fun fact. Give me your fun fact, Joe. Quickly. We have, we really don't have time. Okay. Hey, while, Joe's waiting, while Joe's waiting, Gary Cole did test positive for the coronavirus. Okay. I, but, that's okay. A big deal. All right, here's, here's my fun fact. There's nothing to do in New York sports, but I, I remember it off the top of my head, so let's do it. This week, Joey Votto had a home run in seven straight games. Phenomenal, fantastic comeback season and whatnot. Who was the last player to have a home run in seven straight games? Go. Jack, go for it. I hear the clicking on this computer. If you get... Uh, should I say poor? A-Rod. Wrong. Mozart? 
Don Mattingly. Wrong. This happened in 2018. I'll give you one more guess each. 2018? Yep. Really? Yep. Why don't I remember? I don't or I know. I didn't remember it either until my brother told me. I, but he also read it. So, would you say? AL or I know. AL. 2018. I'm lost. I'm trying to yeah. run through. Jose one. Abreu? Nope. No. 2018. If you get it right, you Googled it. So, that's how. No, I did not Google. I did not Google. All right. Joe I'll, stumped I'll us, Chad. I'll give you one Just more. Take that. At the time, this guy had, I think there was another player in baseball that had six straight games, and he broke it with the seventh. The other player in baseball was Matt Carpenter when he was off on, like, his MVP pair. This guy is in the AL, though. I don't know if that helps. There jogs in memory. I have absolutely no idea. Wow, Joe stumped us. Yeah, it was a tough question. The answer is Kendris Morales. Remember that guy? Oh, yeah, because I was going to know that. That's, yeah. I said that. Nothing in New York sports is a cool fact. Former Yankee. I don't Former know. Yankee. Did you find that fun? Did you find that fun, Morris? I did. I did find that fun because you know what? It made me think. Exactly. It made me think. Guys. Gotham Sports Report. Joe Kirch, Jack Morris Zadith. Next Tuesday night on the radio with you every Tuesday night now. Thanks for listening to the Gotham Sports Report Podcast. Tune in every Sunday at 4.30 on WNYU or catch us on Spotify.